Hello and thank you for tuning into the Young and Anointed podcast. This is a place for deep conversations about mindset, stewardship, and the development of a relentless pursuit of your passions. This podcast is a Sky Media production, and we hope that you enjoy the show. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Marcel Fletcher. Good morning, everyone, or whenever you are listening to this. My name is Karen Hubbard, otherwise known as Queen K. And you have just tuned in to the Young and Annoying podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Karen, 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 how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I am ready to rule this day. I I kind of woke up with the wrong intention, but I like I actually had to start over my day. Actually, I got up turn off my alarm. And I was like, nope, not feeling it. And then I went back to bed, sat there. Mm-hmm. I was do this over again. I'm going to start over because how you get up is how your day is going to like, like that how you get up is how like your day like goes. So I was like, let me just start over and not even like think about blaming it on the way that I woke up. So I'm doing better after that. Got you. I see you got a new do. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. If you can't see me, I have um, waist length box braids and they're red to match the color of my hair. So I'm looking pretty good right now. Looking pretty good. If you're listening to this on another platform that isn't Facebook. And by the way, last week she did not have this. And the week before that, she had something different. (laughs) So (laughs) stay tuned. (laughs) No, yeah, it looks good. I like the earrings. You got the earrings out again. Thank you. Yes, had to bust them out. I've been wearing smaller hoops for like the past couple of like weeks, honestly. I have bigger ones. I'll bring out the bigger ones for the next episode. Got you. Hey, if you haven't tuned in on live, <laughs> make sure you do that next week. Thank you. You're be here. Be there. Be square. Tune in so you can see my hoops and listen to what we have to talk about. What are we talking about today, Martel? So for the agenda today, we've got taking responsibility. So for episode seven of the Young and Anointed podcast on November 24th, we are talking about taking responsibility. And then our practical, we're gonna we're gonna let you guys wait and figure that out. <laughs> oh, we're gonna make them wait. That's horrible, that's horrible. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. All right, taking responsibility. Martel. Yes. In previous episodes, we talked about how you got to focus on what you can control, right? Mm -hmm. And in terms of taking responsibility, you are in charge of the quality of your lived experience. And listen, listen really carefully to what I'm saying, because I'm not saying like you're in charge of your lived experience, but you are in charge of the quality of it. So you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you react and how you react like the summation of your reactions and how you handle things shows if you are taking responsibility for changing the things that happen because of the things that happen to you. And I think it's really important to zoom into that because a lot of people in general, like I even do this to myself sometimes, like I attribute failure to external things just to make sure that like, you know, I'm not the blame for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't try to say that you haven't done it before to anybody who's listening to this. Cause I'm sure you have, and it's like, Oh, I failed because of this. Oh, or I didn't hit this goal because of this. But at the end of the day, that underlying reason, there's something that you could have done differently to prevent that from happening. 
and just trying to like get into it without like ranting or screaming. So Martel, if I start to raise my voice, you got to check me. But yeah. it's really important that you develop this mindset of taking responsibility for the things that happen to you rather than trying to assign blame. And that's really, really important. There's a difference between responsibility and blame. And we're going to talk about steps that you can take today, right now, to start taking responsibility. Kim, before you do that, could you give me an example of what it's what it actually looks like to put the blame onto something else external and then just let it go? I got plenty of examples. Okay, so I am a beautiful black woman and Amen. black women can <laughs> be blessed in certain areas of their body. However, if you overindulge, overindulge in certain things like food, that energy is going to be stored into your body in the form of fat, right? Mm. And it took me a minute to actually take responsibility for like, wow, wait a minute. My body is this way because I am the summation of my decisions on a daily basis. And I was like, oh, well, I can't, I can't drop this weight because like the gym is closed. Like, you know, the gym is closed. So I'm not going to do that. Or like, I can't drop weight because like I don't have access to healthy food. So like, I'm just, I'm not going to cook or like, I, I'm not losing weight because like, you know, life is too hard. I'm too busy to do this. Gotcha. Every single one of those excuses, not obstacles, but excuses I attributed to something external when I could have flipped it into something I can't control. Okay, well, I can't go to the gym. Well, I can work out right here on this floor. Who says I have to be in a gym? Oh, well, I, I don't have access to healthy food. Okay, well, can you go to the grocery store? No? Okay, so there's nothing around you healthy that you can dip into. Gotcha. Or is it that you just keep buying the unhealthy foods and that's what happens to be around you? Okay, cool. So you see how like what I did was like I wiggled my way out of it the same way that I wiggled myself into it by saying like, oh, well, I have this. Just as easily you can think of another option to get you out of that. So I was fighting to keep where I was by attributing every single failure to something external. Does that make sense? Is that a good example? Yeah, yeah. You know, it makes me think of so, and I think I've, I've told you this uh, privately before, but there was, there's one coach who, and out of the, out of the wealth of things that he said, I remember one thing specifically, and he would, you, he would always preach control the controllables. Mm. He was a football coach. And that stuck out to me because it, it was, it was, it was everything about what we're talking about, making sure that external external things don't determine the outcome of your life right. right so like i said before you know covid 19 happened to everybody but we don't control how it spreads around the country we don't mm. control the government we don't we have we do not control the government yep we can make votes but we don't control it nope. <laughs> And we don't control anybody else around us. We control our own effort. So when he would talk about it, he'd be talking about it in a in a practice sense where, you know, we could be, everything could be happening around us, but we can control the amount of energy and effort that we give, no matter who's next to us and what they're doing, so that we can be our best in that situation. But that applies to everything else in life as well. So I can't, I, I can't control the weather but I can control whether I get up and go to the gym still. Exactly. Right? I can't control like 
<laughs> how much processed food they're going to throw into that grocery store. But I can control what I choose to bring home. Exactly. Exactly. Control and the controllables. And I've always thought that that was, uh, you know, an amazing way of thinking about things because you, when you don't put blame on other other people and you take responsibility for yourself, then uh, you're in control. You're in control of your situation mm-hmm. at that point. And so you can change it because you're in control of it. Exactly. So if someone, if I put blame on some external thing like the weather or someone else that I cannot control, then I lose all my power. I have no ability to change the situation because I cannot change that thing. Right. But when I take responsibility, then I can. And the outcome is crazy. If we're talking about the same coach, do you remember like the theme of the football team? It's crazy because I wasn't even on the football team. But um, the theme of the football team, choose to be great. Mm -hmm. I was literally living by that yesterday. But it was, it was a little different. So instead of choose to be great, it was choose to be inevitable because like I am inevitable. But that's so crazy that we were both thinking about, you know, the team. That's pretty cool. Choose to be great. There it is right there. Right there. <laughs> choose to be great. The choice. The choice is everything. Absolutely. You always have an option. And I think a lot of people before we get into the steps, get kind of stuck in like that cyclic thought pattern of like there is no choice. Like I'm at my rock bottom. I am, you know, at my end, the end of my wits. But I think what's really cool about rock bottom is the only way that you can look is up. Boom. There's nowhere else. There is literally, I'm looking down. There's nowhere else to go. So if there's nowhere else to go, there's only one option. And sometimes, my poor little spirit, sometimes like that's where God had to put me in order for me to be able to focus on only him rather than all these other external things and assigning, assigning blame to other situations or to other people and nine times out of ten for me it was rather situations rather than like people so i don't know for if for other people it's like people rather than situations but that's what it was for me man choosing choosing to be great yeah no for real that's something special because it's like when you think about it you can choose i mean your choices is is your whole life (laughs) You have to make a choice every single, every second you're making a decision. Okay. You have to choose to breathe. You have to choose to get up in the morning. You have to choose to eat if you want to. You have to choose to stay upset. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's a choice. That's actually a choice. And I think people don't understand that. Like nobody makes you do anything. Mm-hmm. I realized that this is why I was partially a bad kid growing up is because I realized that you, you can't make me do anything because at the end of the day, I have to decide in my mind whether I'm going to do it or not. Mm-hmm. So you might want me to do this math homework. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm going to choose. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I am going to do it. Okay. <laughs> but no, it's like I can choose to be thankful. Mm-hmm. I can choose to be happy. I can choose to let something go that's weighing me down mm-hmm. it's a choice if mm-hmm. i if i stay with this thing that's hurting me i can i'm choosing for that thing to hurt me <laughs> that's why i've been looking at people crazy like people were like i don't know why you know i i have a lot of friends so popular huh i have no i I'm not going to answer that question, but (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of friends and a lot of them choose to talk to me about their problems. And 
I am a really great listener, but like by the end of the conversation, when they tell me what's going on, I'm like, so you're staying here Mm -hmm. and you're intentionally making the choice to stay, even though it's hurting your progress, keeping you from a goal, um, breaking your heart. Yeah. And a lot of people, and I don't mean to do this, Martel, but like, I'm just like, just, just think for like three seconds. And I'm like, why, why are you choosing to stay here? And they're like, I don't, I don't know. And a lot of people would rather be pacified and they kind of want to like sit in their doubt and they want to be validated by like, you know, the problems that they're having. And like, that's great and all. I'm not the person for that. I will sit here and listen and be like, you know what? I was in that situation once. Here's how I did it. I changed my thinking. And they're like, oh, they act like I said something so revolutionary. I'm like, nope, I just told you to take control of your thoughts. You can't control what comes in, but you can control what you do with it. And you've just been consistently choosing to do that on a regular basis. And consistency is powerful. Everyone has the power to be powerful. You're just choosing to use it in the wrong direction. And I've said that about anxiety and like just so many people will be like, they, they'd rather feel validation that you know their blame is in the right direction rather than like being told that their thoughts are in the wrong direction. Is that just me? Am I thinking too hard? Say that one more time. I want it. I, sure. I feel like someone's gonna forget that. Sure. Okay. Oh dang. Okay. People would rather have their blame validated. So like in summary, people would rather have their blame validated rather than being told to take responsibility for something. And blame validated than Yes. Responsibility for something. Okay, let's let's use an example. How about this, Marcel? Break it down, please. Break it down. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, we go. We gonna get real today. Dang it! I got to use personal examples because that's all I got. I can't make stuff up. So, like nine times out of ten, if I'm making stuff up, it's probably like a derivative of like what I, what's happening in my own life. So, mm-hmm. there's this class that I'm in, right? Got for it. Who don't know? I am um, pre med and um, engineering at Purdue. Classes are tough. If you don't study, you're gonna fail. And there was one class last semester, thermodynamics, biomedical thermodynamics. And <laughs> I, I failed this test, right? Like I failed this test. And at Purdue, what they do is like, they, they de-identify the information, but they put a spreadsheet on like, you know, the whiteboard or like the, the uh, what's a projector on the projector of like all the scores, right? And they have the highest and the lowest and they have a dot for everybody, right? And there was somebody who got a 12, a 12 out of 100. And everyone was looking at that dot and they were like, I know this test was hard, but like, dang, like, who was that? And I was over here like, yeah, like, they must have failed, failed. Like, they didn't study at all. And they hand back tests, y'all. They hand back tests, like, you know, fold it down so, like, no one can see, like, you know, your name or, like, the score you got. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, I studied a little bit, but, like, we'll see how it goes. And I I took that exam and I was like, you know what, that was a little bit tougher. I got my exam back, y'all. Guess who was a 12? Uh-oh. It Uh-oh. was me. It was me. And I was like, oh my God. Like I was so distraught. I was like, I'm gonna tell everybody about this. I'm gonna tell the advisor. I'm gonna tell this and this and this because he's a bad teacher. Blah blah blah. But here's the thing. Just because he's a bad teacher doesn't mean I couldn't study more. 
Doesn't mean I could have asked my classmates for help. I didn't. Doesn't mean I could have cracked open that book. I did not. Doesn't mean I could have looked for past exams. I did not. Doesn't mean I could have went to a different professor to ask me, ask about how, you know, these applications in a different class may apply here because the course material is similar. So I missed out on all those opportunities to make my outcome better. But instead, I chose to attribute my failure at the time. I've learned. I chose to attribute my failure to like the teacher being bad. Or like the class is hard. Everybody failed. And <laughs> even though there was one 12, that 12 dot, that was me. There was definitely a 100 on the other side of the spectrum because it's possible to get an A. Is it hard? Yes, but mm. it's possible, not impossible. But I made my outcome so negative because I chose not to do those other things. Why? That's a different episode. But there's an example. I was assigning blame to everybody else instead of taking responsibility for not studying. There it is. There it is right there. Simple and plain. Now, you did say one really important word, I think, and I just want to zoom into this as well. You talked about consistency. Mm. What does that look like in terms of taking responsibility? I think that consistency in terms of responsibility means choosing a small subset of seemingly impactful actions and doing them every day or mm -hmm. on a consistent schedule. There are some things like, you know, you shouldn't do every day because it doesn't make sense, but there are some things that make sense to do every day. And Martel, like before I kind of get into that too, everybody's consistent with something, whether it's consistent with doing nothing whether it's consistent with having lackluster work ethic, whether it's consistent with making a band every day, like there is, there, everyone is consistent at something. Nobody is ever doing nothing. You'd have to be dead. <laughs> You'd have to be dead. <laughs> even sitting, even sitting here in silence. That's nothing. That's not, that's, that takes work. It takes work to sit here. So, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that consistency is um, applying a small subset of everyday tasks that are seemingly unimpactful and doing them on a regular basis because it builds up over time. I'm actually reading this book um, called uh, The Compound Effect. And like, it's all about consistency. Like I'm in the first 10 pages and I've got the whole book. I'm gonna keep reading it. But it's all about consistency and people don't understand that the power is like the power is already within you. Where, what was that episode? Of what? You know, I love SpongeBob. I, oh, uh, oh. The power within. The power the within. within. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has it. You just have to use it. And you have to recognize that you've just been using it terribly. You've yeah. been using your superpower for evil. No. Like, completely off track. I answered the question though. Yeah. Consistency. When I think of when I think of consistency in this context of taking responsibility it's like your the things that like you were just saying about you're going to be consistent and something no matter what you're going to be consistent and that consistency the things that you become or are consistent in those are the habits those are the habits right. that you build and your habits like we talked about before your habits come from your subconscious your subconscious and I, I made this link the other day. It hit me in a weird way, but it was like um, your habits, your spirit is who you really are, right? And if your habits make up who you are, you change, you effectively change your spirit by changing your habits. That is, that is who you are. 
Your habits are who you are. Okay. And so being consistent in um, doubting myself, being consistent in choosing to do the thing that's not good, being consistent in making a decision that is less than what I think I should be making, that builds itself into your habits. And when it builds itself into your habits, that becomes your life. And then the results of that are the results of it. I mean, so you can't, the same thing as taking responsibility. You got to take responsibility for that outcome mm -hmm. because you are the one who made your habits. What mm -hmm. you did every day decided what you would become. So I have to take responsibility every single day and being consistent with that. I decide my outcome. Mm -hmm. Consistency. I mean, it, it seems it's, it's, it's so important but it's so rarely talked about, I think. Rarely, rarely. I think um, one thing that I wanted to just like summarize real quick, because what you got into was really deep. Um, so essentially our emotions lead us to thoughts, thoughts lead to decisions and decisions determine behaviors. Mm -hmm. Boom. Um, something that I also want to zoom into as well, like just because I think on a previous, yeah, on a previous episode, we talked about what we're here for. Um, and I 100% take a special interest in um, trauma and how that impacts, you know, our, the quality of our lived experiences um, and how we perceive them. Um, so when we're talking about taking responsibility, that one thing that you're thinking about that I couldn't possibly be talking about, take responsibility for that too. Whatever it is. And it's it's different for everybody. So I hope I'm pricking somebody's heart. That too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that blame something else. No, no. One hundred percent. Go ahead, throw that on your back because. Yep. yep. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, whatever somebody did to you, um, somebody did against you, that too. Yeah. One hundred percent. If you're going to continue to carry that around as blame is gonna continue to wear in your heart and keep you from the things that you wanna do. And it's, it amazes me um, with the people um, that I know personally that can take it so far, can take blame so far that it's like the the beating heart of their, their existence. And it's so bad and it's, it's so yeah. sad to see because so much energy goes to holding blame. Do y'all know? Actually, I'm assuming you know, it takes a lot to carry that with you every single day, every single day. Yeah. Drop it off. And mm -hmm. in my, in my case, it's surrender it, let it go. Get, get it the go. help you need, get the help you need. I know somebody who has held on to this thing that happened um, in a different state <laughs> and they, they, pretty much labeled the entire state as like one of the worst places on the planet because of this situation that happened for a short period of time, but they have X'd off the whole place and never, never decided, you know what? People are people. <laughs> Kids, a high school is gonna act like a high schooler. Yeah. And so I need, I could move past this. And I, I it's also, it's also, my thing is, a lot of times people who claim Christianity, who claim to believe the things that are in the Bible, mm -hmm. they seem to like pick and choose. It's like a, 
you know, I, most things I got, but forgiveness, you know, I mean, they just, they're the reason because they're the reason this. Yeah. They're the reason I'm this way. Yeah. So forget them. <laughs> so, you know, you know, hold on. Let me zoom in. Do you know how much power that gives somebody over you to say they're the reason that this, that is so powerful. Exactly. Exactly. That is so powerful. You are giving someone power over you. Right. They will affect you every single time. Every single time you come in contact near or think about it. Yep. They have they have power over you. It's like that's too much to give. That's too much to give. Oh, you know another thing. Okay, one more thing before we get into the steps. Mm -hmm. We got two simple steps for y'all. But taking responsibility also means accepting that it happened. So I'm going back to that that sore spot that it just pricked a little bit. Get him. Don't pretend that it didn't happen. Oh, it, it happened. It, it happened. Oh no, it definitely happened. It definitely we happened. Know it. We know it. <laughs> no, it definitely happened. Whether like you know you're the only person alive that knows it, whether like you and somebody else may know, but that other person's operating in what's it called? Um, anonymity, whatever. You cannot be who you are meant to be. And I'm saying this from personal experience. You cannot be who you are meant to be until you accept responsibility for the things that you've done to derail yourself and accept responsibility for the things that people have done against you to keep you from that as well. It's hard. Now, it yeah, be hard. It's very hard. It's and it's not overnight. Oh my God, it is not overnight. Like in my in my long years of the 22 years I've been here and the the four years that I've been mentally cognitive. Um, <laughs> it's taken, it's taken a lot of work and a lot of prayer and a lot of reflection and meditation and derailing and re-railing and in tears. I was going to say blood, sweat and tears, but there has been no blood, but actually, no, there's been blood because it's been spiritual warfare. There is 100% been spiritual warfare when it comes to fighting, fighting for what is mine. Mm -hmm. So boom. Martel, anything yeah. else before we dive into the steps? Yeah, I just, I don't really want to emphasize. Yes, it can be very, very difficult. Something might have happened and it could, it could have really impacted your life. It could have changed the person that you were at that time, but still it might not have been your fault. Yes but you do have to take responsibility for how you act after that. Yep. You can't hold on to it forever. Nope. No matter what the thing was. Like I mean it could be absolutely horrendous, but there are people who take bad situations and then make it a benefit to everybody else they come across. And there are some people who take bad situations and let it affect them and put them in a hole and in the dark forever. And they suffer from it every day and that we can't even emphasize that enough take responsibility control what you can control you gotta you gotta remember that at the end of the day because after i mean after you get past what what age is it that you can start thinking for yourself one of them ages <laughs> Between some people some people are our age and still can't so i wasn't going to give you a number <laughs> Well, at some point you got to start thinking, okay, I can't let that thing determine the rest of my life. 
take responsibility. All right. Amen. Amen. All right. Break out your notepads. Break out your notepads. Take some notes, Martel. All right. Step, <laughs> step number one. Steps to start taking responsibility. Step number one. Mm-hmm. Release the need to assign blame. That's step number one. The need to assign blame. Why, why do we need to release the need to assign blame? Sometimes things do not make sense and pushing to make sense of things that don't make sense is insanity. You are insane if you allow yourself to continue to meditate on something that does not make sense. That doesn't mean that like eventually it will, but that means that you are wasting your time and precious energy on trying to make sense of something else that has happened rather than focusing on your healing. Sense and, and logic, I don't wanna say doesn't exist, but like for, for example, for me, in a lot of the situations that I've had to pull myself out of mentally in order to be able to heal, it doesn't make sense, you know, why I went through that, or it doesn't make sense, you know, why that person would inflict that specific type of harm on me, but it's not my job to figure that out. And the second that I release the need to assign blame, not the second, but the second that I allowed myself to open my mind to be able to like say like, you know what, this is a part of the healing process that I'm not ready for because right now I'm applying all my energy to assigning blame rather than healing my heart and healing my spirit. Um, and I think what we also need to realize too about assigning blame is that this is all a distraction because the devil does his best work when you are confused. Hmm. <laughs> I think that I think that um I heard this one time in a certain that like, like sin starts with a question in terms of like oh can I do this yeah and then yeah. You, or oh is this right no it's wrong but you do it anyway or why did they do this and there's something there's something crazily expansive about the question why that keeps you stuck that question why will drive you mad Trying, trying to figure out like why someone did this or like why this happened to me or why me? Stop it. <laughs> that Stop is the it. devil like, yeah, yeah, keep going. I'm like, I'm running circles, like I'm doing circles. Am I going opposite directions? You see that? You're the same direction, never mind. <laughs> got distracted, got distracted. I thought it was cool. But <laughs> um, no, you have to be really careful about that. Cause like the devil can muddy the water. He can just keep muddying the water and make you think that you're getting somewhere. Nope, you're just making yourself more confused. Mm. So nope. Karen, what happens if, you know, somebody did something that was like really crazy? Like like it was obviously their fault, it was not my fault, mm. and they should they should go be stupid because they did it and it's them. <laughs> what? What, do I, what do I do? Wait, say that one more time. That was that was so goofy. I didn't even grasp it. Go, go. So, go. <laughs> hashtag goof thought. What if? So, say I'm in a relationship, right? A romantic relationship. A romant. It's romantic as it can be. Okay. And uh, so, this girl goes off and messes with this dude, and then comes back and expects me to forgive her, right? Mm. And it breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart. And then, I mean, because at that point, right, I have to, I have to like understand that she did the wrong thing. 
it was her fault. She like I, I had nothing to do with that. She went off and did that thing. And now it hurt me. So now I'm I'm struggling in my next relationship because I'm still I got trust issues now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of there are a lot of parts to this that I created in my mind because you're asking me me this question. So I believe from what I've seen is that someone cheats to compensate for something that they don't feel like they have in whatever relationship that they have or something that they're missing inside of them that they can't get from you. So they went to go seek it elsewhere and they got it. Maybe they didn't get it, but they still made the decision to seek it elsewhere. Um, is it your fault that they cheated? Not necessarily, but they may believe that something that they weren't receiving in the relationship was your fault. Therefore, the only thing that they could do was control what they could and go get it somewhere else. You mm -hmm. see what I just did there? So they took responsibility. <laughs> they took responsibility for their own lack of what they were experiencing a lack of in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So not to say that cheating is okay, but to say that if you're in a relationship, the fact that cheating is occurring shows that somebody wasn't on the same page somewhere. So should you be upset? Yes, you have every right to be upset. However, it is your job to figure out what you can improve upon to make sure that this doesn't happen in the next relationship because there are so many fish in the sea. Wait, wait, Let you're saying that my trust issues don't come from that person and I don't have to have trust issues on the next person? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying you should, you should definitely not project your issues on the next person. Absolutely not. It is not that next person's fault that you were cheated on. So do not project your trust issues on that other person. What you should do is wait to get into the next relationship to see like, you know what? I'm pretty damaged from that. I should assess this damage and heal and make sure I'm okay before going into another relationship where I project those issues on somebody else. That is not smart. That's not smart. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, if it's not smart, all right then. It's not smart. It's not smart. But like, I think that I definitely think that cheating is a deeper topic that like a lot of people, because there's a lack of empathy, a lot of people are just like, oh, they cheated. That's so wrong. Well, yes, it's wrong. But let's dig into this. What were you looking for? You don't know? Oh, okay. That's an answer. You you were just being silly. Mm, what, what were you looking for? Yeah, that's a, oh, that's another episode. That's okay. Another episode. <laughs> Put in that. Put a pin in that. But I like to do something. You know, I'm, I'm not in one and I haven't been. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Moving on. Sub point, sub point to the uh, releasing the need to assign blame. Blame determines fault. Responsibility mm -hmm. determines who is committed to changing the situation. Repeat. Repeat. Blame determines fault. Okay. Mm -hmm. Responsibility determines who is committed to changing the situation. Got you. So if I'm taking responsibility, then that means that I'm committed to changing the situation. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of loop back into that, that goofy thought, um, in this situation with cheating, mm -hmm. blaming the person for cheating determines fault. It is your fault for cheating. There is nothing that I did to make you want to do this. It's all your fault. You're insane. That's blame. Responsibility. This is just an example. It looks different for everybody. But in my mind, responsibility in this situation looks like this. 
you know what? We can't be in a relationship anymore because you definitely damaged my trust. However, if you're open to having a conversation about it, I'd like to know what you were looking for in terms of cheating. Boom. What, <laughs> what, what were you looking for that I didn't provide to you? Um, and maybe, maybe I can forgive you to where I can invite you back into my life to open up to the possibility of a romantic relationship, or I can just take this into account for my next relationship and make sure I apply it there. Moving on. Thanks for the lesson. I didn't want to learn it that way. But <laughs> Boom. The lump was taken, but it's all right. We're moving. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know what? It'll, it'll grow back. It'll grow back. All right. So that finished up step one, release the need to assign blame. Step two, the final step. Two steps. Final step. Oof. Change your perspective on life. Bad. Boom. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Practice grace and forgiveness with yourself, or you'll have a difficult time extending it outward to others. So if you don't practice love in here, and I'm I'm pointing at my my heart and my my spirit inside of me, if you don't practice love and forgiveness here, there is no way you're going to be able to project it in a healthy way in your other relationships. And um, the way Mar Martel and I talk about relationships, like notice that we specify, but when we say relationships in general, we mean all of them: coworkers, acquaintances, them. family, romantic, friendships, enemies, all of them every single one of them. So if you're not able to give that to yourself, there is no way you're going to be able to keep up giving it to others. That's not healthy. That is not healthy. So if you need to cut off a few people to be able to help you change your perspective on life, please do that. Make sure you do that. Self-hate looks like refusing to grow or attributing every single pushback or obstacle to the world. And just to kind of zoom into like the world, the world is everything except for you. Everything. If I like, for example, I've got a, a cup right here full of coffee or not coffee. Sorry. Tea. If I knocked over this tea, like, oh, that's it's tea's fault. It was sitting there. It was in the wrong place. And you get angry at the cup for knocking over. No, you were just negligent and you knocked over the cup. Relax. 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 Of course, that's a smaller example. But um, self-hate definitely comes in bigger examples. But yes, yeah, self-hate looks like refusing to grow or attributing every single pushback or obstacle to the world. Let's talk about refusing to grow real quick. I have seen some people, including myself, that are so stubborn and stuck in their ways that they will consistently protect their own stagnation. <laughs> <laughs> to keep from moving. And I say this all the time about people fighting to keep where they are, but like people do it all the time, all of the time. And like, there are so many, there are so many books on this specific topic about just like, you know, how to grow, but like, they're all pretty much saying the same thing. You <laughs> have to love yourself enough to make that change. It doesn't have to be like this big revelation of like, I love myself and I am who I am because of like who God made me who I am. It, it, it's not overnight. It's not overnight. But you just have to love yourself enough to take the next step and love yourself enough to take the next step and love yourself to take the next step. Look, we're already three steps away from where we are. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you better cut Whoa. that math out of here. Wow. <laughs> there in no way. Oh my God. Wow. That's so crazy. And like, of course, like, you probably hear the sarcasm in my voice, but I'm so serious. 
three steps is big for a lot of people. That's big for me yeah. on some days. And please don't, I please don't think I am this high and mighty person. I am definitely still working on applying these things in my own life in different situations. It's that consistency thing, building yeah. up that muscle and flexing that muscle consistently for different situations and applying it so you can strengthen another area. Yeah, you just gotta make sure you got more wins than losses in the in the in the responsibility taking area. Right. Like, I mean, because I was just telling Karen the other day, I'll flat out just before I do something, I will look at the situation and be like, "What I'm about to do is stupid." Like in real life, I'll know it. I'll know it ahead of time, and I'm like, "This is dumb to do," it. and I'll do it. <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, cool, cool, cool," but. Nine times out of 10, I'll just not do it. But <laughs> that one, <laughs> I'll do it every now and then. <laughs> but as long as I feel like my it, it doesn't negatively affect me a lot if I make sure that I'm making I'm, I'm winning over myself more than I'm losing. Mm. It's only against yourself, really. Taking responsibility. It's all in your own thoughts. But Karen, on your second point, change your perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that touches a lot more. Uh, that's, that's a lot bigger. Mm. Could you tell me about perspective? Sure. Mm -hmm. Perspective is how you perceive what is happening to and around you. And I say to and around because a lot of people perceive things to be happening to them. Um, but I've recently kind of adopted this, um, this ideology of thinking that, of course, my body does not belong to me. I'm only a spirit that's just riding around in this meat suit <laughs> called a body. <laughs> um, so because this body doesn't belong to me, it belongs to God. Um, things are happening around me since I'm not my body. We'll get that's a lot deeper. That's a lot yeah. deeper than it sounds. But how you perceive what happens to you determines how you are going to allow that situation or circumstance to dictate your attitude, your actions, your relationships. You are responsible for assessing the damage that something has caused and you're either going to go into crisis mode and work through it and eventually get back to like your normal or a better normal that was above that or you can pout, mope, mourn, get depressed. This is what leads to depression. This is what leads to toxic thinking. How you perceive things is your perception. And perception is reality. And like perception is reality is something that like I lived by through a couple of like leadership terms that I had because um with the positions that I had, um, they definitely taught me about a broader a broader lesson in life that perception is reality means that what it looks like, it is. If it looks like a disaster, it absolutely is a disaster. Are you going to treat it that way? Mm. If something is good, are you going to treat it that way? There are some people's perception that is so tainted and so, so, so augmented that they can look at something positive and not even be grateful for it. Smallest things, small things to big things. And like the way, like, for example, like the way that like my heart used to flutter, like when I get like, with something, a new book. The way that my heart used to flutter when I get like things that make me happy no longer happens because I've changed my perception on things that actually make me happy. 
make me happy. Does that make sense? In terms of like how you perceive things, you have to be careful about how you view things. And it's almost automatic. It's automatic. You can, something can happen to you like, oh, well, I'm not surprised. You know, my life is freaking horrible. Or like, you know, I'm not surprised I did that. Like, you know, that that person really hates me. You're like, do you realize you're programming yourself to believe these things? I feel like your perception is like a summation of the program thoughts and beliefs that you have. That's what I think perception is. The per- the perspective is the world that you see. Mm. For sure. It's like, yo, I and I don't even think we, I, I don't even think we have we, we we definitely don't have enough time, but mm-hmm. we can't stress it enough. The perspective, your perspective on things shapes your life. So like if I see if I see the situation as like you said, negative, then I'm gonna treat it like that. Mm-hmm. If I if I if I take the situation and, and see it as an opportunity, I have changed my perspective on it so I can make different choices, different decisions, mm-hmm. so that I can have responsibility and take control of it. Mm. But if my perspective leaves me vulnerable or puts me out of control of it, mm-hmm. then my perspective is messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if my perspective is off then that determines the outcome. Mm, quick question for you. How yeah. how do you change your perception? I want I want to hear from you and then I'll sprinkle mine and then I'm going to pass the mic back to you. How do I change my perspective? Mm-hmm. The way that I would change my respect perspective about things is one I well I one thing that I do consistently is I make sure that I control everything that comes in uh into my mind. Mm. I take account for it all. I'm like, I, you know, pretty much if you, it's an easy way to think of it as my mind is, is the center and things come up into the center piece. Right. And then I will either decide if it's trash or not, just like on a conveyor belt, different products coming up. So there's a bunch of different thoughts, a bunch of different uh, messages coming at me from, it could be radio. It could be music. It could be people. It could be uh, the weather. It could be circumstances, whatever, but it comes up on this conveyor belt and I pick it up and I say, um, is this going to help me or is it going to hurt me? Does this does this add to my life or does it do nothing? Mm-hmm. And then I decide that right there. And either I'm going to throw it away, that's on one side, and or I can keep it, mm-hmm. which is on the other side. Mm-hmm. My mind is a steel vault. So <laughs> everything has to get here before it gets in or out. <laughs> okay. Right, right. So I, I decide that. Now, that's the first thing. But then I have to decide, okay, if there is something that is out of my control of course there's something that's out of my control then i have to figure out okay so what how can i look at this in a way that's going to benefit my life Mm -hmm. that's going to make sure that at the end of the day i am in a i am not in a worse situation (laughs) oh you're you're messing me up oh my gosh so you're doing great you're doing great you're doing great so no matter what is happening, no matter what's happening, no matter what comes up on that conveyor belt, I have to I have to decide. If I don't decide for myself, then whatever it is determines me. <laughs> Cuz whatever you let in is going to shape you. Mm-hmm. But and that's put it put a put a put a nail in that one. <laughs> but but whatever comes in, I have to decide on what I want it to do. What I want how I want it to affect me. And that's my perspective. Okay, okay, okay. I'll be quick. My 
how I changed my perspective is by reading the Bible. How I talked about like my day, I cannot go a day without reading the Bible. And it's notable when I go a day without reading the Bible. Like yesterday, I went without reading and like doing my intense my intensive morning study. And it was very, very noticeable in my day. So how I change my perspective is by reading the Bible because now that I've, I'm consistently submerging myself in that, I see God in everything. It's so crazy. I, I see it everywhere. Like I see God in people. I see God in things. I see him in the good and the bad. I see him. Um, and you said like yours is like a conveyor belt, like your mind. Mine is like TSA, bro. Like liquids <laughs> cannot come in. <laughs> they better be frozen and I better be able to defrost it on my own time. Uh, mm. This coming as a threat. There are no sharp objects. You cannot come in. Like <laughs> you have to hide it really, really well for it to get past the TSA of my mind. But when I don't, consistently work on changing my perspective sometimes those things slip in uh oh sometimes those things slip in sometimes they get in and they cause catastrophes <laughs> on the plane different thoughts clashing <laughs> sometimes that happens sometimes that happens and one last thing one last thing um you had said something about like how you choose to like wear the experience and how you choose something to happen for you. And I'm pricking hearts today. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back to it. You for me, at least I'm a survivor of many things. And one of them being sexual assault. And I am thankful for that experience because I'm able to recognize it in other people. I'm able to see that pain I'm, and I'm able to see the demon that is clinging to other people's spirits when they act a little bit differently in romantic relationships or when they treat themselves a little bit differently. I'm able to almost kind of like, I don't want to say sense because like, I don't, I, don't believe, I don't believe in all of that stuff. So be careful about where you let that thought lead you. But I'm able to see that specific type of hurt and how it's expressed typically in people to be able to call people out and be like, hey, this is kind of a symptom of this. Is this it? And people are like, oh, and I'm like, oh, dang it. So oh. now it's kind of like I have a special scanner. I'm like, ah, beep. beep. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. So now because of that experience and because God allowed me to go through that experience, was it traumatic? Yes. But now I can use that as kind of like, as kind of like a radar to not only to show other people that there's hope in terms of healing, but to recognize that in other people and help them break that cycle of however they chose to um, unhealthily express it. Cause that manifests if you don't, if you know, if you don't dig it out. So, gotcha. all right, Martel, I'm done. Deal. I like it. Sweet. So we are at that time. Well, we're a little bit past that time, but <laughs> we're at that time. Um, Karen, I think I got a word of wisdom for the week. What? If you don't mind. If you don't mind. I mean, <laughs> I just wanted to say this week, I think we should. It is Thanksgiving week. Uh, tomorrow's my birthday. But, and I think we should all find a reason to be thankful. There's a bunch of things happening, there's all kinds of stuff happening every single day. Find a reason to be thankful. And if you change your perspective, you can change your life. So again, find the reason to be thankful. 
because when you change your perspective, mm -hmm. you can change your life. Amen. Period. Thank you, everybody. That is the Young and Anointed podcast. My name is Martel Fletcher. Woo! My name is Karen Hubbard, otherwise known as Queen K. And you have just tuned into episode number seven <laughs> of the Young and Anointed podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Peace. Peace. Peace.